You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. CX is not the only victim in the recent supply chain attack. The papercut critical vulnerability is under active exploitation. The Bumblebee malware loader is buzzing around in the wild. A new unique malware toolkit called Decoy Dog. Our guest, Teresa Lanowitz from AT&T Cybersecurity, shares insights on securing the edge. And the alleged Discord papers leaker shared earlier and more widely than previously known. From the RSA Conference in San Francisco, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Summary for Monday, April 24th, 2023. The supply chain attack that affected 3CX didn't end at the telecommunications company. The trojanized X-Trader software, which led to the 3CX attack, was available for download in 2022, and it seems to have been downloaded by at least two critical infrastructure organizations. Symantec reported Friday that the X-Trader software supply chain attack affected more organizations than 3CX. Initial investigations by Symantec's Threat Hunter team has, to date, found that among the victims are two critical infrastructure organizations in the energy sector, one in the U.S. and the other in Europe. Symantec adds... The process for payload installation is almost identical as that seen with the trojanized 3CX app. Given the nature of the initially infected software, it seems that this could be a financially motivated attack. XTrader is a financial trading program. Symantec explained that there are probably more victims as this breach is indicative of a complex and successful template for software supply chain attack. On Friday, CISA added three vulnerabilities to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog, Papercut MFNG Improper Access Control Vulnerability, MinIO Information Disclosure Vulnerability, and Google Chrome Skia Integer Overflow Vulnerability. Papercut blogged details of a critical vulnerability, a 9.8 out of 10 CVSS score, affecting servers running the software. The company explained... The Papercut application is popular with the state, local, and education-type organizations, where just education makes up 450 of those results. Papercut released a security patch on the 8th of March, 2023, to address this vulnerability and updated its patch bulletin today, advising its users to urgently update their servers with the most recent patch, as they believe some servers are actively being exploited. Papercut also said... If you suspect that your server has been compromised, we recommend taking server backups, then wiping the application server and rebuilding the application server and restoring the database from a safe backup point prior to when you discovered any suspicious behavior. Experts continue to recommend that users should update their software in accordance with developer recommendations, as this would lessen your organization's exposure to fixed vulnerabilities. Google released a statement which listed CVE 2023-2136 as one of the eight vulnerabilities it patched on the 18th of April. It added, 
Google is aware that an exploit for CVE 2023-2136 exists in the wild. Mini.io posted that all users of distributed deployment are impacted. All users are advised to upgrade as soon as possible. Bleeping Computer reports that the Bumblebee malware loader, originally developed by the Conti gang, has been observed in use once again. The loader is distributed through fake Google ads for legitimate companies such as Zoom, Citrix, and ChatGPT. The original malware was observed in April of last year, with stealth updates seen in September. SecureWorks reports finding a fake Cisco AnyConnect Secure Mobility Client version 4.0 Google ad, which would send the user to a compromised WordPress site to download the client. If the user downloaded the fake client, they'd end up with the Bumblebee malware on their device. SecureWorks advises utilizing the legitimate sites of these clients in order to download and update them. The record notes the Google Threat Analysis Group's discovery of the Bumblebee loader in 2021 with links to a range of threat actors. Infoblocks explained that scanning some 70 billion IP addresses daily has led to its discovery of a new malware toolkit, Decoy Dog. Infoblox says, The domains we describe are all related to a single toolkit we call Decoy Dog, which is identified using a DNS fingerprint matching 0.000027% of domains currently active in the world. Infoblox adds, When we analyze the queries in external global DNS data, the C2 communication originated almost exclusively from hosts in Russia. Because global DNS traffic is polluted with retransmitted queries from multiple sources, and because at least one of the C2 servers was located in Russia, we cannot assume that this was authentic communication from a compromised host. One of Decoy Dog's tools is a remote-access Trojan, Puppy Rat, InfoBlock describes this as a dangerous and powerful rat due to its fileless nature and slow encrypted C2 communications. It is hard to detect by EDR solutions and can stay hidden for a long time in an afflicted network. Puppy is one of the few rats that offers broad multi-platform capabilities, uses an old version of Python, and therefore is able to infect a majority of Linux and mobile devices. This unusual feature makes Decoy Dog easy to identify. Infoblock says it hasn't yet discovered the purpose of Decoy Dog and that it plans to release more findings as they become available, stating, In writing this paper, we have found that the mysteries surrounding Decoy Dog and its presence in our networks are complex and unresolved. We expect to release further reporting as we are able to explain the activity. The New York Times reports that it's found signs that Airman Jack Teixeira, who faces U.S. federal charges in the Discord Papers case, began sharing highly classified intelligence about Russia's war against Ukraine earlier than had previously been reported, and that he appears to have done so in a second Discord channel that was larger than the Thug Shakers Central Group he's been associated with. The Times writes, In February 2022, soon after the invasion of Ukraine, a user profile matching that of Airman Jack Teixeira began posting secret intelligence on the Russian war effort on a previously undisclosed chat group on Discord, a social media platform popular among gamers. The chat group contained about 600 members. The Times also reports that the airman also direct-messaged foreign members of the group, offering to tell them more about the information he had available.
DM me and I can tell you what I have, he's alleged to have said. The evidence connecting Airman Teixeira with the recently discovered Discord group is circumstantial but suggestive. Neither his defense attorney nor the FBI and the U.S. State Department were willing to comment to the Times on its story. And finally, in one of the sidelights of Russia's hybrid war, the effects of the cyber attack against Eurocontrol, the European Air Traffic Control Organization, continued into the weekend. The disruptions claimed by Russia's Kilnet did not disrupt flight operations, the Wall Street Journal reports, but Kilnet continues to crow large over the nuisance value of its attack. Coming up after the break, our guest Teresa Lanowitz from AT&T Cybersecurity shares insights on securing the edge. Plus, my conversation with Rick Howard about his new book and his book signing here at the RSA conference. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. AT&T Cybersecurity recently published their Cybersecurity Insights report, Edge Ecosystem, which shows DDoS attacks on the edge as the most likely perceived threat for primary use cases. For insights on the report's findings, I spoke with Teresa Lanowitz, head of cybersecurity evangelism at AT&T Business. This year, we're focusing on Edge Ecosystem, and the premise of this is Security is getting to be really, really difficult because of the complexity, but security is really an an integral part of everything that is happening with these new edge types of deployments that we're seeing. 
So we took a look at that and said, well, what types of problems are people facing? They need to make sure that they're securing everything from the transport infrastructure to endpoints to the operating system to the data that they're either storing or that they are using. And they also need to make sure that they're securing those application workloads as well as that application in production while it's actually being used. Everything from putting it into production to managing it, monitoring it during runtime, and then retiring that application. So taking a look at how security plays into that whole stack was really our key goal. Just in in terms of definitions here, I mean, how do you and your colleagues there at AT AT&T Cybersecurity define edge computing? Yeah, edge is really an interesting one. You know, if you talk to 10 different people, we will probably get 11 different answers on what edge actually is. And I've mentioned the word edge a couple of times. And You know, when you talk to a vendor, the definition of edge tends to skew to the tech stack that they're selling. If you talk to a client of any particular vendor, or if you talk to a client who's out there building some type of edge edge application, edge environment, it tends to skew again to the tech stack that they're using. And we noticed this when we were doing the research. We noticed this starting really in 2022 where people were saying, well, you know, you've said the word edge. What do you really mean? You have the network edge. You have the cloud edge. You have the device edge. You have the telco edge. So what what do you really mean by edge? And what we were able to come up with is there are really three key characteristics that edge really includes. So the first characteristic is it's a distributed model of management, intelligence, and networks. The second key characteristic is that the applications, the workloads, the hosting, it's closer to where that data is being created and consumed. And the third characteristic is that it's software defined, and that could be on-prem or in the cloud. And when people hear those primary characteristics, they suddenly say, ah, okay, I start to get it. And what I always do is when I'm speaking with somebody, I say, you know, we, we've probably all used these edge type of applications and not really even known it. And the one that I like to use quite frequently as an example is a public parking structure. You go into a public parking structure and they have the board, you know, you go to the first floor and they have the board saying there are 200 spaces on this floor, but there are only two available. And you think to yourself, Am I really going to drive through this first floor of the parking lot to find one of those two spaces or will I go up a level? So you go up a level and it says, you know, there are 200 spaces and there are 150 open. And it's pretty, pretty, pretty easy choice. But that, when you think about what it does in that parking structure, it eliminates that traffic just driving through that parking lot, looking for an open parking space and so on. So it's a, it, it's, it's that experience that you're going into that parking garage, you're getting that better experience and that data is being delivered into your real time. So that's a big part of what edge is. And, you know, we, we really look at those three characteristics and say, those are the three primary characteristics in making up an edge environment. And we've seen the use cases that that people are exploring around edge just continue to expand between 2022 and 2023. Well, let's dig into some of the report's findings then. What are some of the things that caught your eye? Yeah, so I think if you take a look at the report, one of the things we know is that 58% of the survey respondents said that they are either in a proof of concept phase or they were in full implementation or partial implementation of an edge use case. So what that tells us is 
things are happening very fast. Things are changing very, very quickly. And security is becoming a big part of everything that happens. And we saw this this movement to security really being an integral part of everything that's going on inside of the organization. We saw that really accelerate with the pandemic. In 2020, we really saw that security moved from being a technical issue to a few really smart people being able to figure things out to really being a business enabler. So security is now this business enabler and it's part and parcel of everything the business is doing. And one of the things we learned last year is that the line of business organizations we talked to, they said, you know what, we are moving to the edge because we think it's going to deliver better business outcomes. It's going to give us a competitive advantage. But what they also said is we are not going to move to the edge unless we are in lockstep with with our security team. So security is now central to what organizations are doing. And across the board, you know, what we found this year was that there's this proactive investment in security, which is really a positive, positive thing. You know, if you think back five, six years ago, security was in many cases an afterthought or organizations would say, I'm not really going to proactively invest in security. I'll wait until I have to. So we have that proactive investment in security. What we also found is that because of the complexity of what organizations are undertaking with the edge, we also found that this partner ecosystem was really critical. Security is not a do-it-yourself operation any longer. It is, let's bring in trusted advisors to help us. Let's work with the likes of consulting organizations managed security services organizations, global systems integrators, telcos. Let's work with someone who has done this before because the stakes are really too high. And then the third thing is we found that organizations, they really want to make sure that they are building resilience into what they're doing. They want to make sure that what they're doing is they're able to future-proof those edge types of uh, use cases that they're building out, those edge types of applications, they want to make sure that it's ready to move forward. So those are kind of the top three things, the proactive investment, a good, strong partner ecosystem, and building resilience. That's Teresa Lanowitz, head of cybersecurity evangelism at AT AT&T Business. And it is always my pleasure to welcome to the show Rick Howard. He is the CyberWire's Chief Security Officer and also our Chief Analyst. Rick, it is great to see you. Hey, David. It's good to see you in person because usually we're doing this through a Zoom call somewhere. I know, right? uh, This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and uh, it's great to be here in San Francisco, as we like to say, the city by the other bay, being uh, near (laughs) Baltimore uh, natives ourselves, uh, or some of us anyway. Um, So it is the Monday of RSA. This is the first day of this uh, busy week here. Kind of a preview day, I guess. I mean, the show floor will be open for a couple hours, uh, a couple hours from now. I'm curious, you know, when that show floor opens, besides the booze that are giving away free beer, where are you going to run first? (laughs) What are you you most interested in in, uh, taking in this year? Well, first, I, I love coming to San Francisco. It's my favorite city of all the big cities because it doesn't feel like New York City or Chicago or some of those big ones. It's it's spread out over this beautiful area. And when we come to RSA, it's like spring here. And it feels like 
and I've been doing this for years, but it feels like a high school reunion. All your yeah. friends, all right, who <laughs> I, in the industry show up here every year, or most of them do, and I just look forward to it a lot. Yeah. Um, as to the show, uh, I'm not looking for anything specific in advance, but there are some uh, things I'm trying to get a handle on while we're here this week. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in updates of, you know, I'm a big fan of SASE, Secure Access Service Edge. Right. And it was, you know, big hype a couple of years ago, and now it's kind of on the trough of disillusionment, you know, on the Gartner hype cycle. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> but people are working on it, and I'm trying to see, I'm trying to get a handle on uh, uh, what that's going to be in the next couple of years. I'm also looking for anything involved with XDR, um, which is basically using APIs to connect all your security stack stuff. And that's been around for years, but it seems to be gaining momentum. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I'm looking for uh, updates on is anything around software-defined perimeter, meaning huh. getting away from logging into the actual, you know, secret sauce server that, you know, has all the all the really special stuff. And you do all that identity and access management away from that workload and then decide if I'm authorized to go there and then, and then go there. So uh, that's yeah. been around for a while too, but I'm looking for updates for that. One of the fun things I find every year at RSA Conference is uh, seeing what the unplanned theme of the show is, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the conference has their own theme, and, and yeah. that's great. Um, but then to see what all the vendors have hopped on the bandwagon about, I think probably the most famous slash notorious one was a few years ago when everybody was pitching AI. Right. AI was the thing, right? Every booth had AI. I'm curious, you know, what we're going to see it be this year. Wondering if you have any predictions uh, as to what may be the hot topic among the vendors here. Well, I'm with you that the hot topics kind of show up. I think Zero Trust was one of them for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but here's my hot take for the prediction. I think everybody is going to be talking about ChatGPT. Not AI mm. specifically, but ChatGPT. That seems to have caught the imagination of every security practitioner yeah. that I've talked to in the last six months. So I am with you on that, and I am intrigued <laughs> by that. What I'm really interested in finding out is how many vendors are going to say, have something that basically says, chat GPT enabled. <laughs> and how many are going to say, we can protect you from things that are chat GPT enabled. <laughs> it's right? It's right. Well, now I'm going to have to get my bingo card out, okay, and yeah. start keeping track of everything. <laughs> right. Because it, it's not clear cut with that, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but I'm sure that everybody will say that they know how to plug into ChatGPT to make your zero trust uh, better <laughs> or something That's a like that. You know, it's, it, it's a really great point that everyone's going to, at, le at the very least, have an answer to that question. Right. Yeah, what is I, your company? So. How does your company deal with ChatGPT? Everybody's yeah, going to have exactly to answer that. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other big news this week, I know for you, is uh, you are doing a book signing at the RSA Bookstore. Give us the details on that. Yeah. Well, this is the culmination of a year-long effort. Uh, I remember walking into our boss's uh, office uh, about a year ago, right after RSA, and said. I think I got enough for a book here, you know, and uh, and he didn't throw me out of his office, which I'm <laughs> grateful for. Right. So we wrote the book, and uh, and it's we're finally publishing it here uh, in conjunction with the RSA conference, and I'm going to be signing copies of it at the bookstore. That's at Moscone South on April 26th 
at 3.30 p.m. PDT time. So if you guys, anybody's in the area um, uh, and are fans of the CyberWire, just come on by. I would love to talk to you about our shows and uh, maybe even convince you to buy my book. All right. Fair enough. Well, Rick Howard, always a pleasure to uh, chat with you. I hope we get to cross paths again <laughs> this week. It's just, I mean, I'm sure we will, but it's just that kind of week where you never know, know, right? I know Dave's here in San Francisco, but yeah. um, I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right, buddy. See you. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. The CyberWire podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Urban and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester, with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Joe was written by John Petrick. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.